0: Welcome to the Providence Church Podcast. In this episode, we step back from our summer series as Pastor Dwight returns from hiatus to deliver a special personal message about obstacles and chaos. For more Providence Church, visit us online at provchurch.net. That's p-r-o-v-church.net. Let's get into it. Um, So this morning, wow, it's so good to be back. So, so good to be back. Oh my. Mm. Uh, the, these past six weeks, wow, seems like six months. Uh, these past week, six weeks were shocking, um, surprising. Things happen fast. Uh, they've been extremely challenging. And uh, as I was thinking about this time to share this morning, you know, when, when your wife is is. Asking you uh, to get her a sheet of tablet paper, which she did the night before her surgery. So she had a stroke on a Monday night at midnight, and eventually by uh, Thursday ended up in open heart surgery. So Wednesday night we were at Hershey Medical Center together, in the room, the two of us, and she said, Do I give me a piece of yellow line paper? And she started outlining her, her final wishes and a funeral plan, that's very sobering. Whether you're 52, in her case, or you're 82, or however old you are, when you start having to deal with confronting life and death, it's, it's a heavy thing. I still haven't read those. I told her, I said, I'm not reading them till I have to. So they're tucked away, and whenever God calls, we'll be ready, but that was a heavy moment. We were on the verge of a a family wedding, as many of you know, the Sunday before all that happened. I was here on Father's Day weekend and talked about how excited we were for for me to be able to walk Riley down the aisle that following Saturday. And so we had a wedding planned on Saturday and then everything broke uh, with the stroke and the surgery. And uh, praise God, we were able to have a little wedding ceremony in the hospital chapel, uh, eight o'clock in the morning. On Thursday and by nine o'clock Heather was in surgery and so that was kind of surreal but praise God they let her put on a dress and some makeup and some heels and she got to walk down the hallway and be in she doesn't remember a whole lot of it but she was there and she was worshiping and it was awesome and so Heather had been struggling for a number of months prior to all this with her, her breathing. And she just thought she, she had some, we thought some pneumonia earlier in the spring and thought that she was just slow in recovering from that. And so we just thought, Hey, it's going to take time. And we had no idea what we were in for. And so this morning will be a little bit different. I've preached a lot of years here and uh, we've done a lot of teaching through God's word. This morning is uh, a personal message of what the Lord has been teaching us over these past six weeks but also this morning this message is for you and it's for every one of you because the truth is all of us will have our lives turned upside down at times there'll be moments in your life when it seems like the bottom drops out and you're left wondering where do we go from here What's gonna happen next? It might be a health crisis like we've been facing. It might be a family meltdown. It might be a divorce. It might be a betrayal. It might be the death of someone that you love. So as I've been praying about this moment and this morning, asking the Lord, what will help us and what will equip us when those things happen and we find ourselves under it because we will find ourselves under it at some point in our lives. And so what does God say about that and how has He shown Himself to us in these last number of weeks? I wanna invite you around to look at several different scriptures this morning and Psalm 34 is the first passage that we wanna look at together this morning. A Couple of verses from that. These are verses, these these are different passages that over the past six weeks, the Lord has led my heart to as uh, we've been praying and waiting and trusting through all the hospitalization and, and, uh, the recovery and all that God's been doing in our family. And so Psalm 34 beginning at verse one, David says, I will extol the Lord. I will exalt the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. And those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weary, may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. So when the bottom drops out, And when you find yourself life getting turned upside down, the first thing that God's been showing us, and, and prayerfully he'll also reveal this to you when that happens in your life, is that God meets you there. God meets you there, wherever that is. When you're disoriented, and we have been rather disoriented the last six weeks, starting to get our feet under us again, but it's taking some time for us to come to terms with what has happened and where we're at, and what the needs are going forward. But God meets you there. I will bless the Lord at all times. Even when the bottom drops out, I will bless the Lord. I will choose to exalt his name. What we need more than anything else is God's presence and God's power and his grace and his comfort. When you're going through those kinds of things, you need him more than anything else. Him. And we have sensed that reality in so many ways in our journey these last number of weeks that God is carrying, literally, we feel like He's carrying us. When we haven't had strength to go, He's just picked us up and taken us. Early on, um, I was privileged to spend the first, uh, Heather was in the hospital for three weeks, and um, most of that time, almost all that time, I was able to spend with some friends. Uh, in the Palmyra area, which is 15 minutes from the Hershey medical center. So praise God, it was 15 minutes away. Uh, pastor friend of mine who I did a, a, an internship back in 1995 when I was in seminary student, Pat Kelly and his wife, Beth, they still pastor a church in the Hershey area, uh, Pat and Beth, so I stayed with them. And in those first few days when we weren't sure is Heather going to pull through, is she going to recover? Is she going to come out of this? Are we going to be okay? Uh, Pat, very, very early on, Pat was and his, and his wife, they've been praying for us, and they were up in the night praying. And so at the morning when we got to the breakfast table, Pat said, You know, brother, I want to let you know that God impressed something on my heart in the night. And I think it's a word that you need to hear. And he said, God is not taking you to the battle, he's taking you through the battle. And you need to know that. Because it's going to feel like at times, how are we going to get through? God's taking you through the battle that's how you're going to get through because that's his commitment and it has been a life-giving word to us in those moments when we weren't quite sure how are we in fact it's so interesting Heather when she was in the hospital uh, probably within the first week or so she was praying and she was in the ICU for 16 days long nights not much sleep and a lot of tests and a lot of poking and needles and prodding and you know how it goes in the hospital as you've been there. But she was, as she was praying, she sensed an image that the Lord gave her of, of uh, she was sitting on a rock and it was raining and storming and just really bad. And the Lord came over to her and gave her a raincoat. Like what you do with a little kid, when a little kid's, a, here, here's a raincoat and just put the raincoat over her, over her head and say, come on, come with me. And I'm gonna walk you through this. And so God put that raincoat on her and I had been praying at the same time in those nights, those early weeks, and those, e- those evenings. And I felt like the Lord had also given me an image of a, of a, of a coat. I don't know if it was a rain jacket. Heather got a rain jacket. I felt like it was just some kind of outer garment coat. And we were both under it and the arrows were flying around us and the uncertainty and the chaos and the, and the, and the war was going on around us and we were under the coat and we were safe and God was leading us. He was literally taking us through the battle and everything's happening around us, but we, but we, but we've been sheltered. We've been cared for in that place. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. Mm. God is sovereign. And he rules and he reigns over all of our lives, all of us. And in light of that, I want to say this, and this is interesting perspective now, but many of you know she had a stroke. That's what got things in motion. And the stroke was really a gift in hindsight. That's that's hard to imagine a stroke being a gift, but it was. It didn't feel like it when we were riding in the back of an ambulance at midnight on the 19th of June the 20th of June but that stroke helped the doctors see what was what was going on in her heart and what was needed in her heart without that stroke they wouldn't have been able to do the testing that led to hey there's they thought at first is there a tumor here in her heart is there a blood clot we're not sure but what we do know is we need to get it out and so we've got to get you into surgery and th- I'm sorry, I know you guys have a wedding this weekend, but that's, that's not going to happen. We've got to do this now and it's, it's urgent. And so by, again, we found that out Tuesday and by Thursday we were in, so she was in surgery. The surgery, all six excruciating hours of the surgery was another gift because it helped the medical team get to the root issue of what they have called the amyloidosis, it's cardiac amyloidosis, which is a heart failure diagnosis. Basically there are rogue proteins in her heart that have just got out of, gone crazy and started multiplying in her heart and they damage. Whatever organ they're in, they're gonna damage it and potentially destroy it. And so these, these proteins went crazy and so the surgeon who worked amazingly for six long hours when her heart found a lot more there than he bargained for. He said, Heather, I don't get surprised very often, and I was surprised when I saw your heart. In fact, he told me afterwards, he said, I held your wife's heart in my hand, and it was very stiff, and I knew that we needed to do something about that. And so he took tissue and all, did all the things that he needed to do so that we could follow up with tests and studies, and, and that's how they came to this diagnosis. So as I was thinking about that, the surgeon held Heather's heart in his hands, and God held the surgeon in his hands. And in fact, later on, uh, maybe a couple weeks later, as we were still in the hospital, Dr. Tomasco, who was our sir heart surgeon, came into the room and he said, Heather, I want you to know you're living in a, in a really good time. Because to be honest with you, five or six years ago, just five or six years ago, what you have and the condition you're faced with, if, if we had done this surgery then and, and I had to close up your heart, your, your chest, and I would have had to come to your family and say, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. But, In the last five or six years, one of the good things, and there's not many good things that came out of COVID, but one of the good things that came out of COVID is they really developed some excellent treatment options for this particular condition, what they call immunotherapies. And so those immunotherapies, it's it's a kind of a chemotherapy, but it's not the harsh kind where you're on an IV drip for hours and your hair could fall out and you get really sick. And she gets a belly shot, a five minute belly shot. And that's the treatment for now. And, and that, of course, takes a toll on her. She gets tired, but the side effects have been minimal at this point, and we're very grateful for that. But we're just so thankful, so thankful, so thankful that God has worked, and, and these folks who did all this research and studies and developed this, praise God for what they've been able to do in, in His power. I wanna say this this morning, there are more gifts then we realize when things are upside down. When your life gets turned upside down, you don't usually look for the gifts. But I wanna encourage you today that when that happens to you, open your eyes and your heart, the eyes of your heart, Lord, just help me to see what you see. Help me to understand what you're doing. I can't understand it all, You're you're awesome, you're powerful, you're sovereign, you're mysterious, you're beyond me. But Lord, I want eyes to see the gifts. Because in our experience anyway, there, there have been a number of gifts through all the difficulties and challenges that we have faced. Did you notice in verse four, the psalmist said, and he, God, delivered me from all my fears. I love that phrase, because you know what? there's lots of things to fear there are when you're laying in a hospital bed for week after week and you, you you basically the kind of the news it just seemed like the news got worse and every time someone came in there's another thing and there's another thing and there's another thing more prayer more trust but there's a lot of things to fear hmm Heather was having a hard time as you might imagine sleeping and her blood pressure has been pretty low for the most part. It's coming up a little bit praise God but there were some nights when she just could not rest, and she was just getting so tired and overwhelmed. And so one night, this was after they moved her out of ICU, she was moved up to the seventh floor, and she called for a chaplain, and I'm so glad she did. A man by the name of Peter, she wasn't sure if she wanted it. She said, I'm married to a, a chaplain, kind of, but, there was other pastors that came into the hospital and met with us so we had a lot of great coverage and care. But there's a guy named Peter who was on, on duty that night and he came in at three o'clock in the morning. And he ministered to my wife in a very deep way for an hour because she was still grieving the loss of Bill, our brother-in-law, which that was just at the end of May when he died and one of our best friends, brother. Still grieving Bill. Um, she was dealing with a disappointment with the wedding. We had this wedding plan for a year and then it all of a sudden isn't happening. And that was disappointing. And then her diagnosis and that was heavy. And then she's in the ICU for 16 days and that's difficult. So there's just a lot of things on her heart and mind. And so she just poured out her heart to Peter and God used this man to come and and he, he brought the presence of the Lord into that place and comfort and peace over Heather's life. He listened to her. He encouraged her. He prayed for her. He sang over her. Wow. He sang over her. How deep, how deep the Father's love for us. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure. He sang that over her and just ministered her heart and she went to sleep. She, he left the room and she had been sleeping for all night And three o'clock and she fell asleep the next three hours. God's peace just poured over her. So I, I wanna encourage you today with that truth that when the bottom drops out of your life, God meets you there. You're not alone. The second truth that we wanna look at this morning is that when the bottom drops out, others help carry you along. Look in your Bibles at 2 Corinthians chapter one. If you can find that in the New Testament. 2 Corinthians, great reminder here. From the first chapter, verses three through seven. I should get second, here we go. The God of all comfort. Verse three says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings that we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. I don't know how many, we've been doing this for a long time and I, I don't know how often that I have preach that, that message. And the message is, we need each other. Please hear that again today. We need each other. Because here's the thing, there will always be moments and seasons in our lives when the, when we need comforted, when you need comforted, when I need comforted, through a loss that you might experience, or pain, or a trial, or some kind of suffering, we need comforted. It's a part of being human. And the truth is, God comforts us. So why? So we can pass it on to others. <laughs> and what a beautiful thing that we get it from him, and then he says, share it with your neighbor, share it with your friend, share it with your brother, share it with your sister. That same comfort that comes to us. Because what happens in these seasons is we are filled with more compassion and more empathy and more love because we see how desperate we are for God, how much we need him. And so when he fills us up with his comfort, there's a spillover effect. And he longs for that to spill over into other lives. Hmm. How does God use others to help carry us along? Well, let me say, first of all, the power of prayer okay you know that and I I was so blessed uh, as we were in the in that place of desperation those early days and and I know that this body was praying and you were praying in fact I know that there was a prayer meeting here on a specific night and Dustin thank God sent me a little video of the people in the sanctuary and some worship and prayer We, we knew you were for us you were standing with us it meant everything to us Please know that there were people praying here. There were people praying in the hospital. We had people come to the hospital. In fact, one, one, after, one Sunday afternoon, early on, I, w- I went back, Samuel and, and his wife, Gladys Milwaukee, came up and they wanted to pray over Heather. And as we came to the room, we stopped outside Heather's door and inside the room, the janitor who was sweeping the floor and cleaning it was praying over my wife, Coop. Uh, an African-American brother and I loved him and he was just pouring out his heart just praying in the room the door was mostly closed and we walked in and like he's praying he's praying he said brother I just got to stop when the Spirit leads me I gotta stop and the Spirit told me to pray for your wife and she's gonna be okay she's gonna be okay wow and then we went in and prayed some more and then some more but you were praying God was using you Prayers in texts that I received, prayers offered in the middle of the night. We had a visit earlier this week from dear friends of ours, Alec and Tammy Millen, who he pastors a church in the Lancaster City area, and we were neighbors with them for 15 years. And so we have a great friendship from a long time ago. And Alec and Tammy, when this all happened and Heather went into the hospital, they were in Jackson, Wyoming on vacation. And Tammy and Alec were getting the updates from back here. And one, as things didn't look so good early on, Tammy said to Heather, this through tears this week. Hey Heather, I want you to know I was, I was literally moved in the middle of the night to get on the floor of this bedroom and this rental place we were in, we didn't, we were just staying at some house. I got on the floor and just poured out my heart for your life, poured out my heart for your life. Cause I felt such an urgency to pray. I knew we needed to pray and we were pressing in on our, literally on our knees. So the power of prayer, we talk about it, we preach about it, and then we live it, and we experience it. And I'm telling you, it's, it's huge, huge, how we, how we carry each other along through prayer. The power of encouragement is another part of this. A timely word is life-giving when you are walking through the fire. When people say to you, keep, keep going, God's working, he has you, He won't let you, he won't let you go. When, when you hear those things from people, it is life, life. We need it when we're facing death, when we're battling things that are heavy and beyond us. All the cards that you sent, so many of you sent cards. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Heather said, I want to do something with those cards. I want to make some kind of mosaic with all those cards. They're just piled up on our hut. We want to make something out of those cards to be reminded of the power of encouragement. And then the gift of practical needs being met. Oh my, what a great testimony this body is to the power of love. You guys have loved so well through food. Thank you, thank you. All the meals, the gifts that you've sent. The, the water systems that were able to be installed. Thank you, thank you. The grab bars and the hand railing. Yes, yes. My wife loves grab bars now. She never used a grab bar. Now she's grabbing on with all of her might to the grab bar. Awesome. Mm. A yard being cared for. Thank you, thank you for taking care of the yard every week, Andy and crew. Flowers being watered. People were there watering flowers. A mailbox that needed fixed and propped up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A wedding reception that was put together in a day. Because we had to cancel the wedding on Tuesday and then Wednesday made a call and by Thursday they had a wedding reception over at Blake and Dana's. And thank you, thank you, thank you for those of you who were part of blessing our daughter and Garrett in their in their special day. It was very hard while they sat most of their wedding day in the hospital waiting for Heather to come out of surgery and then to be able to have, have a reception that evening was awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. My, mind. there's so much more I could say about that. But the gift of meeting practical needs, it really does matter. The power of loving one another don't ever, ever underestimate. In fact, Jesus said by this, the world will know that you are my disciples. How? By the way that you love one another. That's how the world will know that you're mine. And I'm telling you, Providence church, you 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 are demonstrating that you belong to him. And I'm so thankful and my wife is thankful and our children are thankful because you have loved, not just us, you love each other well. We're not the only ones that receive these things, but praise God, you have demonstrated his love. And we rejoice in how God has used you to love us back and to love us through this. Praise God. I want to let you know how important it is that that we, we help carry each other along in those moments when we can't do it on ourselves. Awesome truth. The next truth is uh, from James chapter four. Let's have a couple more here. James chapter four, verses 13 through 16. And this, the word here is, don't get too far ahead of yourself. Mm. God's been speaking this over our life. Chapter four, down to verse 13. Now listen, James says, you who say, today, or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, and we will spend a year there, and carry on business, and make money, and verse 14, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while, and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live, and do this, or do that. As it is, you boast and all such boasting is evil. Mm. If the Lord wills, we say that a lot, right? I mean, I've talked you know, over many, many years, talked to people and say, hey, we'll see you next week. If the Lord wills, we we'll say, if the creek don't rise, right, right that phrase, oh. it's been tough. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. We had, as I said, the cancel, the wedding five days before it was scheduled. That was hard. A lot of planning, a lot of details, a lot of things that were ready to go. But there was something greater that was needed. We had to cancel our summer. Heather and I had a summer beach trip lined up. After Bible school, we were supposed to get away for a week together. That didn't happen, not gonna happen. We actually, even more, this fall, this September, will be our 30th wedding anniversary. We're looking forward to celebrating. 30 years. And so we had actually planned last winter to go, because my wife always wanted to go to Ireland, and we had a trip planned to Ireland. We booked the flights, we booked some of the Airbnbs, we had all this lined If we were gonna go 10 days this fall, not gonna happen. I said, well, honey, maybe for 31. Maybe for 31, we'll have a special 31. So maybe, again, we're not getting too far ahead, but we'll keep that out there. We'll hold it loosely as God works. I want to say this this morning, and some of you have already experienced this in your own life. Disappointment is real. When things happen in your life that are surprising and unsettling and make the, your plans have to change that you do feel the disappointment. I'm not gonna minimize that. That's, that's, you know, we're people, we we have things that we, you know, put out there and plans and thoughts and directions. And it's hard, it's a major bummer. I'm not gonna pretend that it's easy when our plans get reoriented. And learning to live with the mindset of one day at a time. We talk about how we live one day at a time. Yes, actually, one hour at a time, and some days one moment at a time, really, one moment at a time. And it is a skill to learn to live like wisdom, biblical wisdom, chokmah, uh, is the word for, for the Old Testament word for wisdom, and it literally means uh, life, wisdom is the sense of life skills. Learning life skills, and so learning how to live one day at a time is something God wants to teach us. And we talk about it, and yet we got our plans and our five years and our three years and our. But life is, as you know, it, it changes in a moment. And I, and some of you know that you've lived that. So I'm, we're not the first ones. Many, many of you have had to readjust and reorder. So hold it, right? We hold it loosely. One. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. We can make our plans, but God directs our steps. And God is greater than our disappointment. Please hear that. God is greater than our disappointment. And some of you might need to know that today for something you're facing and something you've been disappointed about. Mm, know that. And then there's one final thing that I want to share. And we'll go to Matthew chapter 7. I think I have a few minutes here. 7th chapter of Matthew. Mm. And it's a familiar passage. The wise man and the foolish man. Verse 24 of Matthew 7. And uh, the word here... Uh, Number four in your outline is that there's a, when the bottom drops out, there's an opportunity to exercise your faith muscles. Verse 24, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And the rain came down, and the streams rose, the floods came up, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Heather and I have talked a lot about this the last several weeks. Her testimony. She's been seeking God And listening for his voice and seeking to obey obey his word for the last 30 plus years. She got saved in college. So we're going back to the early 1990s. And as she said to me, I've been learning these things imperfectly. God's been teaching me and I've been trying to obey and trying to follow and listen for his leading and his voice. And not always getting it right and not always doing it. Perfectly, but I, that's my heart's desire. That's where my, that's where my heart is bent towards following him. But she and me have been, and someone that spoke this over our lives as well, have been building spiritual muscles so when the bottom falls out and when the rains come down and the floods come up, When you build spiritual muscles, you can still keep holding on to God. Because you know who pulls you up? God. You don't pull yourself up. We didn't pull ourselves up. God has been pulling us up. Our job is to hold on to him. That's that's our job. Hold on to him. Let him do the pulling. We're hanging on. How you doing? Hanging on. How you doing? Holding on. That's our posture. He pulls us up. And it's about building spiritual muscle memory. So when you're in a tough spot and the walls cave in and what has happened is as you as you seek the Lord in your life, as you keep. Orienting your life around His Word imperfectly, but as you keep building your life around His Word, around His truth, when these things happen, you have disciplined yourself in a way that you have a foundation to still work off of. When it's disorienting and upside down and confusing and what's going on, I don't understand. We still have a foundation because it's, we're bu- it's built on the rock. And God has helped us to build some muscles that we can hold on to Him. And part of that is saying, God, this is your Word. These are your promises. This is what I'm choosing to believe in. This is what I'm choosing to build my life upon. That's 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 what we've been coming back to in this season, these last six weeks. God, this is who we know you are. We don't know about all this. This is new to us. We've never walked this road before, but we've been walking with you. So if we hold on to you, God, we're trusting you to take us through, just like you promised. God has been reminding me in these... Pa- I took a lot of walks in the hospital. I mean a lot of walks. Multiple walks a day in the hallways, multiple walks outside the back side of Hershey Medical Center. I've seen every, every grass blade, every part of the acreage back there, little community garden back there. Uh, but God has been reminding me that what we do every single week here and what we do in terms of worshiping together and teaching God's word together and praying together is vital in the work of building faith muscles. All of us need faith muscles. I need them. Heather needs them. You need them. You're going to need faith muscles. because. There are things that are going to happen where you have to hold on to God. And so practice building your muscles now so when the day comes, you're ready. And we didn't know. We didn't know that was coming when the stroke hit and she almost fell out of bed that night. We had no idea what was coming on the other side of that. So much more. But leaning in and building your life on the foundation. I'm just encouraging you, encouraging you, encouraging you. Please. What we do here really does matter. Every single day, every single week, every single month, every single year, God is building your muscles because you're going to need them to hold on to him when you face these kind of things in your life. Hmm. I want to close this morning by saying thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you for encouraging us. We're so thankful. And I wanna share with you a praise too this morning. Uh, Heather has eight treatments scheduled. She's had four now of the first eight that every week. And she'll do eight more and then, you know, once a month eventually. But after the first four treatments, We're just very thankful that the doctor said the amyloids are coming down. The the numbers are trending in the right direction. The treatments are helping. And these, these treatments are like trash sweepers. And they go in there and they look for those rogue proteins and they sweep them out. They grab them and sweep them out. They sweep them out. And they're working. And we're so thankful. Her numbers are trending in such a good direction. And we're so grateful for that news. Heather's eating more thank you for praying for her. She's eating food again. Yes, yes, yes. Even enjoying it at times. Yes, yes, yes. And she's using the walker less. So she's gaining strength in her legs. We're so thankful for that. She still has that cane around. I got to be on my best behavior because that cane can go, right? And I know you're watching, honey. Um, And the prayer is if you could continue to pray, of course, for the recovery, but uh, she has been, the last day, been fighting a stubborn cough. And so, actually, we ended up last night in the ER for a couple hours just to get a, an x-ray of her chest to make sure we didn't have any pneumonia we are really dealing with. So it seems like it's, there's some mild fluid there around her heart and lungs that, that they, we're going to keep working at. But at this point, she's not dealing with pneumonia. So keep praying for that, that stubborn cough to go. And also pray for us, because this week... I'm going to start to transition back to the office, uh, at least in the mornings. So I'll be coming in uh, this week in the mornings or afternoon, as it were, based on doctor schedules, but coming in half a day here for the next few weeks just to get back in. And that transition will be good, but also be hard because we've been together for six weeks, day and night, day and night, night and day. And so you know now we're starting to enter a new, a new territory with uh, me coming back in here. So just pray for her and for me in that process as well. And I know that you will. You've been so faithful. Thank you for listening to this latest sermon. For more Prof. Church, check out our YouTube at Prof. Church Lancaster. Follow us on Facebook at Prof. Church Life, on Instagram at Prof. Church, or visit our website, profchurch.net. Thank you for listening, and be sure to make it a great day.